This is the We Spin Recipes podcast with Andrew Apanov. Hello everyone, I'm Andrew, this is the Whispin Recipes podcast, yet nope, it's not a Friday. For those of you long-time listeners, you may have noticed that uh, this episode goes out on a Monday and not a Friday. Since usually we have been announcing new shows via newsletters on Mondays, I decided to experiment a bit and try releasing the podcast on Mondays instead of Fridays as well. If you have any feedback on that, if you like the new schedule or want the old one back, please let me know via email andrew at wispin.co or on Twitter at metaandrew. Today I am excited to welcome Jason Hopes on the show. Jason's got a very impressive, to say the least, background in digital marketing and the music industry worlds. I intentionally don't want to list all the artists and labels he's worked with um, while running his The Found Group agency on in this intro. You better check it out yourself by going to wispin.co forward slash WSR66. You will also find links to the projects Jason has been involved in right there. On this very episode, we mainly talked about one of his very successful projects called Foundy. Foundy, which is spelled as a web address at found.ee, is a free platform that allows anyone in the music industry generate retargeting pools consisting of interested fans through clicks. If briefly you create short links with Foundy and those who click on these links added to your retargeting pools, these pools can then be used to market to the people who have essentially already showed interest using Facebook or Google Ads or even found itself. Uh, you'll, of course, be able to uh, learn other details uh, in this interview. Listen to the show to hear Jason's tips on the types of ads to create before and after record release, how to use remarketing, and also to learn a few interesting case studies, including one on how Jason used Foundy to visibly increase sales of a Marilyn Manson album. Hope you enjoy the show. Here we go. Jason. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show. It's great to have you here. How are you Thank doing? Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Yeah, I'm um, my new apartment in Los Angeles, and it's nice and sunny outside. Congrats. Thank it's, you. It's, uh, yeah, sounds, sounds awesome. And uh, yeah, the weather is definitely a good topic to, <laughs> <laughs> to start any conversation with, because I noticed that generally, like when I have a conversation with people from different continents, it's pretty much like positive everywhere right now with sunny and warm weather so it's good to hear yeah so do you mind um, a quick intro and a little bit of uh, background on on yourself and what you've been doing yeah not at all so i'm jason hobbs i've been doing marketing for a little over a decade now i suppose i started in uh in dot coms and uh and ad agencies and uh, then I, I've always been passionate about music, wanted to work in the music space. So about five and a half years ago, I finally had an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I first took on a client in the music space and, and I treated that client like I would a client at the ad agency that I worked at. And we, I, was able to, um, I was able to increase sales of like 300% for uh, his store online. And from there I said, okay, wait a minute, maybe there's a business here. So I, I took a leap, I went all in, and I started a little digital marketing agency called The Found Group. It was uh, always boutique, you know, I don't think I had more than five employees at any given time, but usually right around four or five, I suppose. We worked on everything from 
pole play to Mumford and Sons. We uh, worked on help. Uh, we helped break Heim, and we helped launch the. Uh, well, we we did the digital marketing campaign for St. Vincent's fantastic self-titled album a couple of years ago that came out along Vista. We've worked on you know some really really cool, some really really interesting, some some esoteric and and some mainstream artists that uh you know cross you know all the, all the genre boundaries. And we had a we had a really good run, but at some point along the way, we launched three different platforms actually, but one of them actually took off. That one's called Foundy, and uh, it was intended to be a link shortener. The link shortener was also intended to enable people to build remarketing segments in a way they just never have had been able to at that point. And uh, and so we launched it, and I think initially we just told our clients about it, but um, someone got word that we used it. We were masking it because we didn't really have a brand for it. We didn't have any um, plans to actually launch it. We used it on the St. Vincent campaign. And it ended up being, at that point, her most successful album or their most successful album to date. And uh, someone got wind of it and wrote an article about the platform. And the next day, I looked in the account and I had 150 music companies that had signed up. And uh, not, not just individual artists, but you know companies companies that represented collectively tens of thousands of artists. And I uh, was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> this thing may have legs. And then over the course of the next, I don't know, six months or so, we had maybe 300 music companies that were using the platform. And, uh, you know, at that point we started to, well, we continued to innovate as, as best we could, you know, very bootstrapped. We, I guess just about everything was word of mouth, grassroots. And, uh, you know, I... I <laughs> I suppose uh, on some level, when you have artists sharing a short link, people that do digital marketing and music space are curious what the short link is. True. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it helped us get a little bit of reach. And as of now, we have over a thousand music companies that use the platform, representing awesome. you know, massive top 40 artists, pop so, artists through very esoteric, you know, underground artists. Yeah, so this was my question, actually, because, I mean, the types of artists you worked with, I mean, the list is just mind-blowing, to be honest. And... Uh, I can see clearly how how beneficial the platform can be. And by the way, we definitely need to talk a bit more about the tool because some of our listeners may be new to like even the concept of retargeting. So we may talk about the basics a little bit if you want mind. But yeah, I, absolutely. I, and I was curious how uh, how many indie artists with um, let's say smaller followings benefit from the platform as well. So from your experience, it makes sense to a musician listening to us right now with uh, relatively like modest following. I don't want to say any specific numbers, but so do you have any comments on that? Yeah, absolutely. So when we first launched the platform, we didn't have an advertising component to it. We allowed other people, we allowed all users to have an AdWords account, Facebook account, whatever they wanted, and to simply copy and paste, copy the remarketing pixel from Google AdWords or Facebook into our platform and use it at their leisure. Now we actually have our own advertising platform as well. So we still allow people to use any remarketing pixel they'd like, but we also have our own advertising platform to make it even easier. And, uh, you know, so if you're using Google AdWords or if you're using Facebook or actually really any, they all have slightly different requirements in terms of the number, the minimum number of people you must have in your remarketing audience before you can run ads. Off the top of my head, I think the range is anywhere from, you know, 100 people in the remarketing audience to maybe upwards of 500 people in the retargeting audience. And so, I mean, as long as you can reach that minimum, then you're able to run ads. And at that point, uh, you could make it effective. 
it's just about how you use it and why you want to use it. I say for an artist that, you know, maybe has several hundred followers on Facebook and perhaps, you know, those followers are largely in their hometown. They have the opportunity to drive engagements through their social media and at that, uh, along the way, basically build out remarketing audiences so that when something happens, let's say a video release or, you know, that new song that they've been working on and now they want to get it out they have the opportunity to reach those people that have previously engaged. And to be, you know, to be frank about it, you don't want to spend and just go as wide as you possibly can through another, through, you know, Google AdWords or whatever else, because you're never going to reach the critical mass that you need for it to really matter. But if you can reach the people that, that engage you often enough, then what you're doing is you're reaching an audience that's more likely to take an action, more likely to purchase something, more likely to come to the show. So if anything, it's actually, it's a great way of reaching an audience that's already shown you that they want to engage and it will make your spin far more efficacious. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. Uh, do you mind any, any specific uh, case study? You mentioned something already, but maybe something else and it can be for big artists as well, but any interesting story to share on how the tool was used as a part of the campaign in a creative way? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. People are using it all the time, and and uh, and honestly, I, I think we're at a point where I hear enough stories where I almost want to start publishing a newsletter with um with people's stories monthly it's a good or something idea. because yeah, I mean these people are doing these advertisers, these these artists, they're they're using it really smartly, and uh, yeah, I'm always really excited about it. So there's one that I was really close to, so I can probably speak to it a little bit better than than I can some other people's with. Um, we helped at my agency that no longer exists. We helped with the Marilyn Manson album release a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago. And uh, the label is Loma Vista. They're putting out Marilyn Manson's what was going to be basically this this rock album. You know, he hadn't put out music in a while. And this new album is it's just, you know, it's a bit different. Um, I think sonically, at least it's straight ahead rock. You know, it, it had less, um, you know, sort of sense and that sort of thing. So, you know, anytime you're going to release, anytime an artist is going to release something that feels maybe slightly different, some, you know, core fan members might take a little while to get used to it and, you know, feel like they want to be a part of it. And so we, we helped um, with the marketing campaign. We used Foundy along the way with uh, video premieres, with, um, with single premieres, with, with press pointing, you know, on pointing from social media to, to Billboard or Rolling Stone. We used Foundy links uh, across the board. And we built effectively what was an audience of 15 million people in a remarketing segment. It was massive by the time the album was available for sale. And so these people had taken just, you know, different steps along the way. And, you know, so we're looking at this and, you know, if you do the math, reaching 15 million people costs a lot of money. And, you know, frankly, it's too much money. Yeah, you shouldn't go that wide with advertising with this kind of a release, you know. I mean, you know, Pepsi can go that wide. But... Marilyn Manson that shouldn't go that wide. So at this point, we had all these remarketing, individual remarketing segments, and we looked at them and we were evaluating who would be most likely to purchase the album at this point. And so we created these custom combinations of people that took various actions. So people that went to the pre-order page during the campaign and went to music video number one and video number two and followed a link from Facebook to the article about the live performance. And then, you know, we, we thought, well, these people took four actions along the way. And it represents, I think it was like 200,000 of the 15 million people 
That's like these four specific actions along the way. We put that segment together. We put um, basically everybody on my team got together. And we, we all had these you know ideas of what these high propensity audiences would look like. And so we put maybe four different um, custom combinations together. And then we just used um, the general pools from video views and from website and from just all uh, remarketing audience and that sort of thing. We ran a campaign targeting people that had previously engaged in some way. But uh, what was really interesting to us was that the very specific segments that targeted people that took four actions along the way, watched a music video, went from Facebook, or yeah, went from a social media post to go read an article about, about something, went to the pre-order but didn't pre-order, et cetera. Those people, they showed a much higher propensity to purchase along the entire ad- advertising campaign from there on out. The click-through rates were about double what everything else was. And we're, we're talking about campaign in general that was already running at would be, what would be considered successful standard. But when we, when we set up the high propensity audiences, I mean, man, these guys, the fans that we reached were the actual fans that really wanted to buy something, that really wanted to consume something. And um, yeah, the click-through rates were about double. The cost per click was like one-third of what it was costing, which was... It was nuts. I've never seen a campaign that was, I've never seen yeah, a paid media campaign in Google AdWords have such great results. And then of course it was, uh, you know, the album sold very well. We also sold some physical stuff on, um, on his online store and we were able to track conversions all the way through. And it was incredible. The, the ROI was amazing. Awesome. No, that's, I mean, you, you just explain how it uh, works and how it can be implemented because I mean, it's pretty clear that the same idea and concept can be uh, implemented but by artists of any scale and uh, the we've got access to really interesting tools these days and retargeting can be cost effective i mean definitely you can go crazy with spending too much money there but it can bring real results especially when you target uh, those types of people who like you just mentioned who are almost like sold they are there already and uh only need to be pushed a little bit. So that's that's impressive. What about the tool going back to the actual platform? So can you explain what, uh, how to maybe like how to sign up and what kind of costs are associated uh, if you're taking a commission? Like what, how, how does it work and how much it costs? Absolutely. So uh, anybody can sign up as long as they are affiliated with the music industry in some way. So if you're a guitarist, if you are um, an engineer, if you are a digital marketer, if you're the president of a record label, you know, anybody can sign up. We want to make sure that this is exclusive to the music space. And we want to do that because we want the links to be trusted when people post them. And so far that that's been a really good approach. And uh, they, they can simply sign up with um, things like four fields and, uh, and a checkbox. And um, it's on found.ee. And from there, activation process, uh, we just vet and should take you know, two hours basically to vet the account and make sure that it's uh, it is indeed a music related sign up. And uh, after that, the platform, the, the link shortener, all the functionality within the link shortener side is completely free. There's no cost per click model, which I know some uh, of our competitors in air quotes, um, <laughs> some of our competitors have a cost per click model, which I think is, it's, it's a bit, I don't know, it's the best word, absurd, maybe. <laughs> You know, when, when you have an artist that, that, that's going to drive 100,000 clicks in one status update, why would they want to pay for a link shortener? That's, that's crazy. But uh, anyways, uh, I digress. We don't charge for any of it. It's entirely free. And, um, you know, if you're using Facebook or Google AdWords, 
then and you add your remarketing pixel and you want to buy advertising, then you go to Google AdWords directly or Facebook directly and you, you simply buy advertising for what would be, you know, depending on what the target it is, pretty decent cost per click or, or CPM model when it comes to remarketing. And then we, of course, have the advertising platform as well. And the cost per click and CPM as so far with all the campaigns that have been run in the last four months or so have come in at lower CPCs and lower CPMs than Google AdWords. And it's basically the same inventory. Awesome. That's pretty impressive. And uh, it's still interesting to me how I would say under-publicized U2 is. You mentioned that it's been mainly word of mouth and this is how uh, yeah, I learned about the platform from um, the show.com team. And uh, it's just interesting to me still that such a tool, especially with this interesting business model for customers, because I, I have seen and used different sh- uh, link shot services that charge, like there is a cost per click. So I, I know what you're talking about here. There it's just <laughs> sometimes it's, it's, it's indeed weird. So it's interesting. And I can imagine you have plans on rolling out some new features and maybe, you know, getting a, the word out they a bit more actively. So, I mean, this, this is what we are doing here <laughs> on this podcast, <laughs> but I'm, I'm just curious what's next. Is it just like, it's definitely going to be much more than initially like an internal tool, right? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we, we haven't done much in the way of publicity. Everything has been very organic. You know, we have, there has been some press pickup and, and some notable um, publications within the, you know, the music space. And uh, you know, it was very, very, very helpful to get the word out. But largely, you know, it, it's been somebody a digital marketer at one label telling the manager at another company you have to use this and, and you know this is great and here are all the reasons why and so it's it's happened for us you know we're, we're very bootstrapped um we only yeah i mean we're, we're, we're bootstrapped uh, <laughs> so no publicists on board uh, nothing like that but you know it, we were t- specifically attempting to appeal to uh, the music companies for the longest time you know the, the labels the management companies large and small and everything across the board uh, because when when the digital marketer in-house at either type of company, you know, starts using the platform, that person can use it for 10, 20, 40, 100 artists. And, uh, you know, it makes, um, makes scaling a little more efficient when you don't have a lot of money for, for publicity and that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, you know, we've always wanted this to the type of tool that we wanted to use at the agency that I ran. You know, it's something that would make life easier. You know, there are a lot of monotonous tasks you have to do in digital marketing. Everything from... We have a bulk upload feature where if you're working on a tour marketing campaign and the agent or the, the manager delivers to you a CSV file with all of the tour dates, all of the ticket links, you know, all that stuff. So it could be 30, 40, 100 dates. And you have to have somebody go through and individually shorten every link so that you're able to capitalize and leverage the remarketing audiences for those clicks. Otherwise, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a wasted opportunity. But at the same time, it's 30, 40, 100 dates. So we created a tool where you can upload all of them at once and it will create a pretty URL for every one of the links for you. And every one of those links automatically has remarketing pixels associated with them. So instead of it taking, I don't know, two hours, three hours to do that, it takes about five minutes. And um, another tool, another feature that we launched um, publicly finally, been, we've been waiting for this for, for a while, is what we call embeds. Um, this is something we used in and thanks you know, to all of our previous clients that were willing to try something new because uh, you know, it's because of them that we're able to actually test these things in, in real life. 
So we use this tool uh, with Zola Jesus, uh, maybe a year and a half ago, who came out on, had an album out on Mute, which is you know, obviously a fantastic record label. And uh, the album was great, everything was great. There was an offer for a premiere of a single, and the writer, I think it was Fader, they asked for a, you know, a typical SoundCloud embed. And at that point, I said, hey, wait, you know, we have this thing, we're gonna enable it for you. And what it does is you take your SoundCloud embed or your YouTube embed or your Spotify embed code, basically, and you drop it into what we call embeds and you click generate. <laughs> and then it gives you a new embed code. Ultimately, and, and then you simply deliver that new embed code to the writer that's getting ready to publish an article. The exact same media player will load. Everything will be exactly the same as it was prior to dropping it in here. The only difference is now it's associated with your remarketing pixel. So what ended up happening was Zola Jesus had this premiere on, again, I think it was Fader. They premiered it. It was exclusive. It didn't have you know, an, an X or a share button because it was supposed to be exclusive. Pitchfork, after about an hour, wanted, that, wanted to have that track for their article. So they actually went into the source code, pulled the embed code itself from the source code, wrote an article, published the embed code, and in about 24 hours, we had 100,000 people in the remarketing pool that read the article on both Fader, or on Fader and on Pitchfork. Yeah, that's, I mean, that, that's, that's crazy. And uh, known all the media publications uh, in that kind of example, when you present a player to a blog, for example, you haven't seen anyone having issues with uh, using this kind of embed? No, we had only launched it for about a dozen or 20 maybe um, users over the last year. And just because it takes a lot of bandwidth to support. And, you know, they, they've used it successfully over the last couple, you know, the last year and a half or so. Um, and that's why we finally uh, have opened it up publicly so that everybody on the platform can now use it. But yeah, everybody's been fine. I think in general, people are a little more okay with concept of retargeting. And, you know, I think there was a time where people were a little concerned that there was privacy issues, but you know, Google and Facebook and all the exchanges, they, they do their best to make sure that there's no personal identification information yeah. associated with, I can't just retarget you specifically, for instance. Yeah. There would have to be hundreds of people in yeah. that pool before I can, and then there's no, there's, no, there's no telling whether or not you actually reach that person, the individual, I mean. So I think people are a lot more willing to do remarketing campaigns, to be opted into them, et cetera. As long as we're all keeping these things from being... Uh, you know, intrusive. <laughs> and, and and honestly, you have to. You have to make sure that these are all yeah, totally, totally. good, decent ads. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I, I mean, it just uh, what, what you mentioned here with these embeds, uh, it's a new way to get something out of uh, publications because sometimes there is a, a niche blog uh, which may not get a lot of traffic. So uh, an, an artist places a, a YouTube video on such a blog, for example, is great because the, the audience is relevant. But the amount of views coming from that blog may not be that high. It may be just a couple hundred views. Or it won't like affect the look of the video way too much. And if it's an exclusive, then the artist may feel disappointed. But then if you've got this kind of information coming, like like a thousand, let's say, people in your retargeting pool from that publication, it's already it's a whole different game and you can do much more with that. So it's I mean you it's a way to reach people who show the interest in what you're doing. And I'm repeating the same things that you mentioned, but to me, it's somehow crazy how artists don't use this at all. Uh, like lots of musicians who do it with themselves, even labels, a lot of 
companies still underutilize this, so I just uh, want to emphasize the power that lies there. Yeah, and any tips on the actual ads? I know it's a huge topic, but since you touched upon this theme a little bit right now, do you have any uh, recommendations based on the campaigns that you've seen? Just anything even like general, or maybe some little, you know, little hacks that can improve the conversion rate on the ads? Absolutely. One of the things I love about remarketing, and, and by the way, you know, we, we have, and, and I still do run advertising of all kinds, you know, everything from Facebook to Instagram through, you know, to perfect audience to really just anything that will get the job done, you know, based on what, whatever the goal is. So it's always about the goal with an album or a tour or whatever else, especially an album, I suppose, because, you know, there's always that, you know, 60, 90 day lead up time into the album on sale. The one thing that I always tell labels is that you can't come out of the gate with an acquisition article or sorry, uh, with, with an awareness ad, basically album available date, you know, mm-hmm. and then run that same ad for 60 or 90 days. And then when the album is out, you just say out now, <laughs> you know, um, you missed an entire phase of the buying cycle. It should be awareness, consideration, acquisition. First, you make people aware that this thing is coming. You generate some interest along, along the way. And as people start to engage, now you have them in what's called the consideration phase of the buying cycle. At this point, it's your job to nurture them. Give them another video. Give them a cool version of the song that's not going to be on the album. Give them a glimpse into the studio. Do whatever you can at that point to connect with them because you've already made them aware and now they're engaging. So give them what they want. Give them something that's emotionally engaging. And then you know do that for 60, 90 days. It doesn't have to be on a daily basis, but make sure you're keeping people engaged because people fall out of these buying cycles. And if you don't keep them engaged, you can't expect to reach them and then be in a position to want to buy it. And so when the album is finally out, then you switch to the out now, buy now, or, you know, it doesn't have to be out now, buy now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you don't want to use now twice, but <laughs> <laughs> album out, you know, maintain this consistent uh, theme in terms of, um, you know, the creative, use the band name, make sure you're using the logo, anything that you can use um, consistently across the campaign just for coherence so it's familiar. But then, yeah, you go from, hey, this is an album that's coming out and it's coming out on this date, awareness, right? To here are all the reasons why you want to buy this album because this music video is awesome and this new single was incredible. And, you know, Pitchfork said it was this and all these reasons. And then when the album's out, you say, buy now because they're going to be in a much better position to buy now at that point. Yeah, makes a lot of sense. And, and I like that you mentioned the importance of consistency of uh, of the message and the graphics, I imagine. So if it's a six-month campaign or whatever, it makes a lot of sense to use one agency or designer or design company to create uh, the visuals in one style uh, so people like even visually realize that it's about one specific album right here, right? Absolutely. I, th- I think that's very important. Awesome stuff. I mean, I, I just... Uh, I think I would have uh, a few dozen more questions uh, on just around these topics. Going back to the platform, uh, you mentioned some of the new features and uh, what's coming next. But yeah, maybe anything else to reveal that you can talk about uh, for the next few months. And usually, I don't even ask that many questions about the new features because you can just uh, like link to the website where you announce it or just mention it briefly. But I think that. There is something interesting that may be coming up. <laughs> so any new features, <laughs> any other features that you can reveal? Yeah. Um, so, of course, we just launched our advertising platform, which um, means that if you have a, a Foundy account, 
basically with one click and like three information fields, you're able to set up an advertising platform, advertising account that is single sign-on. So you only sign in through Foundy and, and you can always access the advertising account. This in one fell swoop generates your first remarketing pixel, potentially your first. It creates a segment of a whole audience on the advertising side and then automatically propagates to all of your links. So it's really useful in either, you can basically have, start building your remarketing audience in about five minutes. And uh, with that, we have remarketing obviously, but there's also, you can also run direct display advertising. So you can target websites or you can target people interested in music. It doesn't all have to be remarketing, but remarketing is definitely our forte. And then what we're moving into is um, we're not going to go away from it being sort of a general music tool. We're not going to go away from it, um, you know, functioning very well for albums and all that. But we are going to be launching new tour specific features in the future. So some of these features are just going to make life easier uh, in terms of, you know, building out remarketing audiences and that sort of thing. And some of them will be, well, I, I guess what we're going to be launching, we, we've been building this behind the scenes uh, again as well for uh, for the last, I don't know, eight months or so, is, uh, as I mentioned, those really custom audiences, those those segments, you know, where people have taken multiple actions along the way, that data is actually being aggregated to your account specifically right now, just behind the scenes. And um, what we're going to launch is a system, a feature really, within the system that allows you to create those really custom audiences of people that take several actions with one click. So our system's analyzing and trying to understand who has the highest propensity to purchase what. So which people are more likely to buy an album, which people are more likely to stream an album, which people are more likely to buy a ticket, which people are more likely to buy merchandise. And on the back end, it's going to present these to the users and say, hey, this audience has taken, you know, these 15,000 people have taken these four steps. And we've seen in the past, you know, through heuristics, we, we, we understand that these people show a high propensity to purchase. So that somebody that's running either one campaign and or you know working with one artist, they can set up a really sophisticated remarketing campaign, or somebody that you know at, at an agency, at a talent agency that has that has to help with 30 tours a year, they can set up really sophisticated remarketing campaigns with high propensity audiences with you know one click per artist basically. That to me is going to be, I mean I will be using it. <laughs> I think it'll make life so much easier so that we can all run just much better campaigns without it taking, you know, 10 hours to set it up. Excellent. Yeah, great. Uh, one more question about the functionality. So is is it uh, designed to be used this way or, or do you plan to make it more to develop the product in, in that area, let's say, uh, to use Foundy to shorten all the links that are shared on social media, for example. So if it's just the a part of uh, the content marketing strategy to like sharing interesting articles uh, relevant to the niche of, of the artist design and the music and so on. So shorting in everything, not just the like show tickets, information, uh, albums, and so on, but literally like everything that is shared on an artist's profiles. Yeah, it's fully intended to shorten basically any link that you would share. Although, yeah, so you know if you're pointing people to an article or if you're pointing people to, yeah, well, I guess basically anything. <laughs> I can't really think of a place not to, a link not to shorten, actually. But there is, the, you, you, right now you still need to go into the platform and shorten it, so I believe there is. Yes. Yeah, so, but the with the bulk uh, shortening, it will also be much easier because now we can 
shot in a bunch of links and put them in Hootsuite or Buffer and schedule oh, yeah. in the future, for example. So it's Absolutely. one of the ways to. Okay, cool. No, I want to say at this point that I'm going to play with uh, the platform finally much, much more. Awesome. And it's, crazy it's, it's the right time. I just, yeah, it's, it's a mistake. We haven't been using it too enough in the, in the past. And I'm, by the way, yeah, so to the listener, and as I usually mentioned, there is like, yeah, there is no affiliation. I'm, I'm, as, uh, I'm so excited about the platform because I really am. <laughs> so it's not. <laughs> That's great to just, hear. Yeah, so it's, it's great. The link and uh, additional information is in the show notes to anyone listening to us right now. I really appreciate all the insights. At this stage, I just think that to those listening to us, they they just want to check it out themselves and sign up. Before we wrap it up, Jason, any additional deep advice, thoughts related to the platform or or something else? Just you know, sign up now, and, and uh, even if you don't have a if you don't have an album coming out in in a week or 90 days or six months, start using the platform anyways because it'll allow you to aggregate these audiences for when you do want to use it. Don't wait until the last minute because it takes longer to build the audiences, of course. Yeah, great advice. Thank you so much. Absolutely, thank you. Thank you for listening. Head over to wispin.co forward slash WSR66 for the show notes and the links. Sign up to Foundy if you think it's something you'd use. And please share your thoughts in the comments on iTunes or SoundCloud or as usual. Also, please let me know if you have any particular feedback about this podcast going out on Mondays instead of Fridays. I haven't made my mind on this new schedule just yet, so I'm still thinking what um, what day of the week to use. If you have any feedback, let me know. Thank you for listening, and see you next time. You have been listening to the We Spin Recipes podcast. Learn how we can help you improve your music career at wespin12.com.